The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Are you ready to talk sports with one of the leading sports journalists of today? Welcome to All Around Sports with John Inglesby. John's years of experience as a journalist has allowed him to net exclusive interviews with the top players, former players, commissioners, and owners. John and his guests are ready to give you the straight word when it comes to sports. Now, let's talk all around sports. Here's your host, John Inglesby. Voice America listeners, welcome to the 201st ever show of All Around Sports. Reach Friday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, we broadcast live from Boston to go all around the world of sports for one hour to discuss what happened this week and what's coming up for the weekend. To join the show, the call-in number is 1-888-346-9144, or you can email me at iir at comcast.net, which comes to me through my website at www.iirsportsoneword.com. As always, I will give you my highlights lowlights, bizarre news items, and events of the, an event of the week that I attended. Also, in a few minutes, we'll be joined by our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham of Bama Magazine. Well, my highlight of the week was the crowning of new champions in both the NHL and NBA Finals, with Chicago taking the NHL and Golden State winning the NBA championship. Both were the best teams. It was uh, a, a righteous outcome, shall we say, and, uh, you know, no surprise. Uh, the Blackhawks, they're bordering on a dynasty. Some would already call them a dynasty, <clears throat> and if they're not there yet, uh, they could be soon. Um, one of the more clutch teams in recent memory Uh, in hockey or really in any sport, uh, you know, once they won game five down in Tampa, you just knew they were going to win game six and it was great theater with, uh, the Blackhawks winning in their building for the first time since the 1930s and the Chicago fans were loud and proud and looks like uh, Russian division street must've been quite a scene all night long on, uh, on Tuesday night. So, moving on to the NBA, uh, the Warriors, wire to wire, best team by far in the NBA this year. Um, heard an interesting stat this week. They never even had to play an elimination game in the playoffs. That just speaks volumes. They were twice down 2 1 to the Cavaliers and the Grizzlies. Both times came roaring back, won the next three games. And uh, I think just one of the funnest teams to watch, really, in NBA history. As I've said a few times the past few weeks, uh, Steph Curry is the most enjoyable player I've watched personally since Larry Bird. 
which being based here in Boston is uh, quite a statement, but it's just true. Uh, the greatest thing in basketball these days, in my mind, is Steph Curry launching a three-pointer. Uh, it's just remarkable. Everybody's, uh, you know, it just puts a little uh, palpitation in your heart, and you just love to see it. Uh, especially the way he gets him off uh, in a crowd, some of the moves he put on uh, Della Vadova, to be specific, uh, you know, to just get a minute amount of space to get that jumper off. And obviously, he's deadly when he does. So my low light of the week, sticking with the NBA and the finals, was the aftermath here the last few days of uh, scrutinizing LeBron and Blatt relationship and, and where they might go in the future. Vlad, uh, of course, being the head coach. The way I look at it, they got to the finals with the second, with their second and third best players out, Kevin Love and Kyrie Irving. Quite an accomplishment, period. Just ends there. Uh, for Blatt, he's coaching the best player in the world uh, on the planet's best league, after spending most of his career overseas. Uh, I believe he's making $5 million a year on a, on a four-year contract. That's $20 million. Uh, given a career of coaching in, uh, again, overseas, I have to think that looks pretty good to him. And, uh, and then regarding LeBron, uh, yeah, I, I don't see how anybody can, you know, view LeBron negatively or as a villain after what he did. Uh, we all know his, uh, <laughs> you know, he's wearing uh, some of the GM hat, some of the coach hat, and obviously uh, the best player on the planet. Bottom line, I just think, you know, enjoy watching LeBron we are witnessing greatness. Uh, what he did in a couple of those games uh, was simply remarkable, among the greatest games in the history of the NBA Finals. And uh, it looked like he and really his teammates just basically ran out of gas. Uh, thin bench, and at the same time, the Warriors seemed to find their game and then just uh, accelerate, put their foot on the gas pedal all the way right to the championship. So, great stuff. And speaking of witnessing greatness, the flip side of witnessing greatness is watching greatness slowly dissolve, which leads into my bizarre story of the week, which once again is watching Tiger Woods uh, yesterday in the first round of the U.S. Open. He shot an 80. The announcers literally said he was being laughed at uh, on the 18th when he... Uh, topped the ball and it went right into what they're calling the Chambers Basement, a play on the Chambers Bay venue of the U.S. Open out there in the state of Washington. Um, another shot from yesterday, the club flying out of his hands. Uh, another shot, he was, you know, hit from the sand and didn't get out of the sand. His hit that shot right into a point further into the sand, so had to hit again out of the sand. Uh, complete meltdown uh, with a triple bogey on 14-15. Uh, and all this after watching him tend his own flag as he played alone just a few weeks ago. 
last week I said, you know, first time we ever saw it and uh, him tending his own flag and it was something we never thought we would see. And now I feel like I'm starting to say that line weekly where I saw three or four of the things I just mentioned from yesterday that uh, fall into the category of things I never thought I'd see. So it's just sad how far he has uh, fallen. Um, he seems to be doing a little better today. He's played four or five holes. Uh, but it's great to watch, you know, watching at night live in the Eastern time zone is awesome, as is the course itself. Just spectacular views. Uh, looks like a Lynx course uh, nestled up against Puget Sound with the mountains in the background and, uh, you know, just really remarkable looking holes leading to crazy lies. And it's going to be a fun weekend, to say the least. It was also good to see Colin Montgomery at one under after his uh, first round yesterday, especially after uh, covering him just last week, uh, right through Sunday at the Constellation Senior Players Championship up here in Boston which uh, leads right into my event of the week that I covered, which was indeed Constellation Senior Players Championship. Uh, it was the first tour, first Champions Tour event that I have covered, and it was fabulous. Uh, the best example I get, can give is uh, Rocco Mediate. Uh, I was walking on the 16th green. I knew he grew up in... Uh, Greensburg, Pennsylvania, about an hour or so from where I grew up. And he outdrove his two playing partners uh, by a lot. So as I'm walking along, he's basically standing alone at the rope, talking to a policeman, uh, while his other uh, two playing companions are getting ready to hit. So I approached him, and I just said, uh, Rocco, and I introduced myself, and then said, I grew up in Altoona, Pennsylvania, and there he was smoking a stogie, turned around, big smile on his face, and he instantly said Park Hills, which is the golf course in my town, again, about an hour or so from where he grew up. And he just uh, said, that's where I learned to play competitive golf. My first tournaments ever as a teenager were up there. And we then had, you know, a couple of minutes of conversation. And this is between shots on the 16th hole on Sunday where he and the he and the entire field were out of the running because Bernhard Longer ran away and hid basically all the entire tournament, uh, one by six strokes, led heading into Sunday by eight. But anyway, uh, Rocco and I had a nice, nice conversation, lasted a couple minutes until he had uh, to go hit his ball, and I think that just tells you all you need to know about going on. Uh, uh, attending a Champions Tour event. It was awesome. At any given moment, I was uh, walking along the course. Uh, I looked up at one, you know, one point, and there's, you know, Hale Irwin. Uh, another point, Brad Faxon, and on and on and on. Just names we grew up with, uh, just walking along the course alone. Very approachable, a lot of people going up and just saying hello, initiating conversations. So it was really, really uh, unique, different, fun, and I loved it. 
So, uh, and Bernhard Langer put on quite a performance. I was very impressed. Very gracious winner. Uh, great on the 18th tee, accepting his ter- trophy and whatnot. His family was there, wife and two, two boys. Uh, excellent press conference afterwards. Uh, interesting guy, two-time master champion and uh, great shape at age 57. And really uh, just an excellent excellent tournament that I enjoyed immensely and uh, look forward to doing it again. So now, as my former co-host, Lemont Williams from Outside the Huddle, likes to say, it's time to pay some bills. Let's take our break, and next up will be our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham, Obama Magazine. Now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take Voice America on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Sports and medicine go hand in hand. Quite simply, if you aren't up to your game health-wise, you won't be up to your game on the field. That's where Bruce the Sports Doc comes in. Dr. Bruce Grossinger uses his medical training and experience to bring you a link between sports and medicine. From the latest advances and treatments to discussion behind the injuries of the week, Bruce the Sports Doc and his team of guest experts are here each week to lay it on the line in terms that you can understand. Tune in every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. If you think you've seen online TV before, let us surprise you. VoiceAmerica.tv is online now. The leader in live Internet talk radio has done it again. Multiple channels, a state-of-the-art viewing experience, live and on-demand programs streaming 24 hours a day. It's exactly what you want, when you want it. VoiceAmerica.tv. From health and wellness to business, sports, and everything in between, discover our new world. Visit VoiceAmerica.tv now and experience the future of online television. VoiceAmerica.tv. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. You're listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or by sending an email to iir at comcast.net. Now, back to the show. Voice America listeners, welcome back to segment two of All Around Sports. And I'm your host, John Inglesby. To join the show, the call-in number is 1-888-346-9144. Or you can email me at iir at comcast.net. And it's that time of the show when we often have guests that are on the line with us is our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham of Bama Magazine. And A.P., how you doing today? Oh, I'm doing great, John. Just uh, very, very hot down here in South Alabama. I think we're re- reaching the heat in- index of around 100 maybe today. Wow. That is uh, that's serious heat, but it is, you know, mid to, mid-June here, and uh, that's what happens down this time of year down there. But you know how to handle it, right? Oh yeah, I love the heat. <laughs> yeah, I do too. And we're getting, uh, we're finally into full blown summer up here, and uh, it's kind of mixed emotions this week with summer 
coming and arriving. Uh, that also means the end of the uh, NBA and NHL playoffs. So I was like literally on Wednesday night going through some uh, playoff withdrawal. And then lo and behold, after just one night, uh, woke up yesterday and realized that we have four days of uh, primetime East Coast nighttime golf u.s open live from a spectacular venue out there at chambers bay in washington so so i think that i i think i'm over my playoff withdrawal pretty quickly <laughs> with uh watching the u.s open pretty much non-stop it's feel i'm loving it it's just uh an awesome course and you know just incredible to watch and i talked to uh, you know, in my lead segment about, you know, Tiger Woods' round yesterday or last night, I should say, at least East Coast time. And uh, it was sad. There's no other way to say it. I, I felt, you know, we've seen a lot of hiccups recently from him. But I, last night was, the, I, I think, a, a new low. And anybody who watched would say that. The announcer said they were actually laughing at him when he topped the ball in the 18th and knocked it into just, uh, you know, well, what they're calling Chambers Basement, uh, you know, a British Open-like trap in the middle of the fairway that was like when he descended, you literally couldn't see him. So it was like six feet deep. So just sad. I, I don't know how else to say it, AP, to see this happening to Tiger. And there was a lot of other lowlights from yesterday as well. John, it's very difficult for some of these athletes to have a graceful exit from the sport. I mean, you can go through the list through the years of, you know, Willie Mays and, you know, even, even my, my hero, Joe Namath. I mean, it, it it wasn't pleasant at the very end, and they were really a shell of themselves. So it, it's not something that I enjoy personally watching. Exactly. Again, you know, if you go statistic-wise, uh, I saw one stat that he had, you know, Something like one round over 80 in a major or something, uh, you know, which was like a 40-degree windy day in in Scotland in the British Open years ago. And, uh, you know, had an 80 yesterday. And uh, another graphic, again, like 1,200 rounds with, you know, maybe one in the 80s. And now he's had two or three here in the last month, couple of months if not a couple of weeks. Uh, it's stunning to watch, uh, to say the least. I mean, the chances of him, you know, making the cut seem astronomical at this point. He seems to be playing okay today. I think he's around even, but I'm not sure. At least he was after the first few holes. So it's just, uh, you know, what, again, as I said in the first segment, things we never thought we would see we're seeing now on a regular basis. There's like, if you go back to him tending his own pin a couple weeks ago, playing alone at the Memorial in Ohio three weeks ago, and then three or four things from last night, uh, you know, losing the club, flying out of his hands, topping the ball, people laughing at him according to the announcers, uh, you know, hitting a shot at, from the sand right back into the sand and the exact same bunker, although the bunker was like the size of the state of Washington, but... Yeah, again, stuff you never thought you'd see. You're seeing three, you know, I saw three or four times last night. See from Tiger Woods, crazy. Yeah, yeah, it's the equivalent of, you know, Michael Jordan, Jordan shooting, you know, five air balls in a quarter or something like that. 
you just wouldn't fathom something like happening like that happening to him. And but that's what makes those guys and athletes so great. They have the heart of a champion. They don't know anything but to push forward, even though when things are not going well. So that that separates them, and it's it's very uh, very difficult for them to step away from the limelight. So I don't know what's going to happen, but I'm not enjoying watching Tiger Woods perform like this. Correct. I don't. You know, <clears throat> I think only his harshest critics would be enjoying it. I don't think any average golf fan is enjoying it in any way. Uh, you know, say what you want about Tiger, but everybody watched over the last 15, 20 years, to say the least. And, uh, yeah, it's just incredible. And, and just to your point, you know, even after he had the meltdown on, I think, 14 or 15, I think it was the triple bogey, the same hole that had the, uh, you, you know, the the sand shots, uh you know, his next shot was like, you know, uh, I think it was the par three, and he just laid it right up there. So, you know, yeah. he's not going – he's going to go down swinging, I, I would think, if, you know, if he's going down at all. But, boy, I've got to believe he's, you know, he and any human being would have to be doing some serious soul-searching at this point. Not that he's going to do anything like leave the tour, but right. been hearing a lot of chatter. I guess Jack Nicklaus took a three-month break when he was 39, which happens to be Tiger's exact age. Uh, we all know Tiger's had a lot of breaks in the last couple of years, some due to injury, some not. Right. Um, so, you know, where do we go from here? I don't know. Yeah, what's the, uh, what's the prudent strategy, and who will he listen to, and whose advice will he take to try to straighten things out? Yeah, although I think, uh, if I heard correctly this morning, he's – committed to seven of the next nine tournaments so i guess uh, you know so much for a break if if indeed that's accurate uh and you know many many people are just saying you know what he needs more than anything is just playing tournament golf as much as possible that you know he, he looks great on the driving range i was actually watching him this morning and he did look great on the driving range what we're talking about is you know between the ropes and i think pretty much between the you know between the ears yeah, the prevalent thought about golf is it's between the ears. If you can grasp you know, and master those types of things, then you've got a chance. If there's something in your mind that's, you know, you, where you're struggling, it's very difficult to hit that golf ball. It really is. Um, yeah, so it's just going to be great. You know, it's going to be, uh, I mean, a great tournament to watch. Uh, unfortunately, I don't think we're going to see Tiger over the weekend, but... We are going to see some great players, and Jordan Spieth, uh, America's newest golf darling, is uh, making a move today. He's tied for the lead at five under, so I think he's uh, two or three under for the day. So he's now tied with uh, Dustin Johnson and Henrik Stenson. Uh, and, you know, Dustin Johnson, the, the, you know, I, I wouldn't be surprised to see him uh, take this tournament. I mean, I, I think he's a guy that's ready to win a major. Apparently his game suits this course, meaning he's the longest driver on the tour. Um, you know, he out of rehab and all that kind of stuff, put a lot of that behind him, one down in Miami a few months ago. And, uh, so the planets could be aligned for Dustin Johnson to finally break through. I mean, everybody has believed for a long time he's going to win a major. And now that he's put a lot of 
uh, stuff behind him. Maybe this is going to be the weekend. Yeah, that's what a lot of people are saying. He, this may be his first major, and and it would be good for the tour. You're always looking for uh, someone different to excite the fans, and it helps the game of golf, and it, it, it draws more uh, viewers. And, and so it should be interesting to see if he can hang on and, and uh, challenge for that championship. Correct. And, of course, the, the biggest story of all would obviously be Phil Mickelson, he's in the hunt. I think he finished at two under yesterday, three strokes behind. Don't think he's teed off yet, but he will be soon. And he's never won a U.S. Open. He's won all of the other three, so he is going to for the career grand slam. There's only a handful of golfers have done that. And uh, nothing would generate a buzz like Phil being in the hunt come Sunday and... Uh, Again, six second-place finishes in the U.S. Open. <laughs> I know, crazy. And his golf game could work here. I mean, you know, he has a kind of a crazy golf game, as we all know. And uh, I think that could uh, translate into doing well on this really crazy golf course. Uh, so, yeah, I, I, I think there is drama. I haven't even mentioned, you know, the best player in the world, Rory McIlroy, uh, this course looks like it is in Ireland. Literally, it looks exactly like Ireland, Northern Ireland. So, you know, you got to think if uh, at some point Rory's, you know, going to uh, be in the picture. So I think it's going to be a fun week. But again, the, the best part of all was just, you know, I was watching live golf at, you know, 10 after 11 Eastern time last night. It was awesome. <laughs> I mean, awesome. And it's going to be that way for the next three nights. Uh, John, I'd like to see a veteran like uh, Phil Mickelson and uh, and him challenging some of the younger players. I think that would be a nice drama, you know, a veteran player and some of the newcomers uh, fighting for the championship at the end. I think that'd be great. Yes, I, I mean, to me, I can't imagine a better scenario than you know, back nine Sunday. We're looking at, for instance, uh, Phil, Dustin Johnson. Rory McIlroy and Jordan Spieth all in the hunt. That to me would be tremendous theater. I mean, that just those four guys uh, would just be awesome to say the least. So we shall see. It's going to be fun. Um, again, I commend the USGA. I was at the U.S. Open at uh, Marion two years ago in Philadelphia, and that was awesome. It's a pretty special event to say the least. Uh, the U.S. Open and. I commend the USGA again for just, you know, thinking out of the box and holding it at this really, really fascinating venue, to put it mildly. Yeah, I mean, it's something different, and the, and the fans out, you know, out there can enjoy that. And uh, I always like to see different venues and, and bring a sport to a different part of the country. Yeah, and it looks a lot like, uh, reminds me very much of Whistling Straits up in Wisconsin. Okay. Right on, uh, I think Lake Michigan, but one of the one of the Great Lakes, and uh, you know, it looks very, very, very similar. And the first time I ever saw Whistling Straits, I just loved it, as did everybody. And I think that's coming up. It could be the PGA this year. I'm not sure, but uh, I think it's, it's I think it's in the rotation for a major soon, if not again the PGA in like August. But uh, yeah, it's fun. You know, it's just really fun to watch, and it's you know. It's kind of interesting because it looks like a, uh, you know, I'm used to watching 
golf on a links course at the British Open at 7 a.m. on a Sunday morning. Now we're watching it at 11 o'clock on a Sunday night. <laughs> yeah, it's, <laughs> it's full circle. Yeah, yeah. Say the least. Well, AP, we have a lot. We have a lot more to get to, uh, but why don't we take our break now? And on the other side, we'll get to uh, uh, the NBA playoffs and the new champion, Golden State Warriors. what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN. If you think you've seen online TV before, let us surprise you. VoiceAmerica.tv is online now. The leader in live Internet talk radio has done it again. Multiple channels, a state-of-the-art viewing experience, live and on-demand programs streaming 24 hours a day. It's exactly what you want, when you want it. VoiceAmerica.tv. From health and wellness to business, sports, and everything in between. Discover our new world. Visit VoiceAmerica.tv now and experience the future of online television. VoiceAmerica.tv. Do you love sports talk? Can't get enough sports talk? Have we got a show for you. It's about the NFL training camps, Super Bowl previews, a look at the new starting quarterbacks, and weekly key injuries. We'll take your calls and emails right on the air. Former Philadelphia Eagle James Loving is your host, and you never know who'll drop by for a co-host spot or an interview on the spot. Tune in to Loving That Sports Talk with James Loving every Wednesday at noon Pacific time 3 p.m eastern time on the voice america sports channel get the news on our shows and other happenings by following us on twitter find us at voice america trn or twitter.com forward slash voice america trn You're listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or by sending an email to iir at comcast.net. Now, back to the show. Voice America listeners, welcome back to segment three of All Around Sports. And I am your host, John Inglesby. To join the show... The call-in number is 1-888-346-9144, or you can email me at iir at comcast.net. <clears throat> Back on the line with us is our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham of Bama Magazine. And A.P., before we start talking NBA, Jordan Spieth just sunk a birdie putt, so he is now alone atop the leaderboard at 6-under at the U.S. Open. So... Uh, what we just talked about, Jordan Spieth may indeed be in the hunt come Sunday. Hook 'em horns, right? Hook 'em horns. There you go. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I'm sure. Uh, I'm sure he would love to hear that. Uh, well, <clears throat> NBA. The playoffs are done. Same with hockey, but uh, yeah, the NBA playoffs. You know, <clears throat> just riveting. I mean, they just set ratings records. I guess it peaked at uh, like 119 million or were watching uh, but at the end of uh, game six when the Warriors uh, won the championship and, uh, you know, in the fourth quarter. So I thought it was just great. I thought it was great theater all along the way. 
LeBron's performance, especially in those two early games, two and three, were stunning. And then uh, it looked like they just ran out of gas at the same time that the Warriors found their game and just really, you know, put their foot to the gas pedal big time. Yeah, there was too much manpower with Golden State, John. They have quite a bit of talent. I mean, even with Clay Thompson not shooting well some games, they were able to still win. And when the when the person uh, that's guarding LeBron James is the MVP, that that speaks volumes of the talent on the other side. Yes, and speaking of MVP, a little controversy, disagreement, what have you. Uh, I love the pick. That's exactly who I would have picked. I mean, for the simple reason that, you know, Golden State's down 2-1. Steve Kerr makes literally the coaching move of the year. Starts Andre Iguodala in the, for the first time all year in game four. And the Warriors never lose another game. I mean, I don't think it's overly complicated. And, you know, he far exceeded expectations on the offensive side as well. I mean, he, you know, he covered LeBron, which would wear anybody out, but then his, uh, you know, he played well on offense, some awesome dunks, some great three pointers, you know, pretty consistent for him, everything but foul shooting. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> we'll excuse him for that one, but I thought it was a perfect pick. I mean, uh, to me, it was, I, I was completely assumed he would get it. I, I just never thought LeBron would get it for on the losing team. And, you know, given his performance in the last few games versus his otherworldly performances in games two and three. And Steph Curry, you know, would have been an easy pick. And obviously he, you know, kind of he, he hit some daggers in the fourth quarter of each of those last three victories. And he was awesome. Nobody loves watching Steph Curry more than me, uh, as I've repeatedly said. Um, but Iguodala was the obvious choice in my mind. John, I thought uh, I would have given it to uh, Iguodala or Steph Curry. Uh, I was surprised that Steph Curry, and they just polled, I think, with 11 people, that he not he did not receive a vote. It was Iguodala or LeBron James. And LeBron James, he was spectacular in some some uh, ways, but the shooting percentage, you know, under 40%, there's no way that you're going to win ball games. Uh, you know, he was scoring in his 30 points. He'd have to take 30-something shots, whereas, for, for instance, Steph Curry, I think he got 37 one night and put up 23 shots. So he was so much more efficient. I mean, you're bound to get a lot of points taking 35 shots, 38 shots. Uh, you know, one, one of the amazing stats that probably swayed people to vote for Iguodala, they said that he forced LeBron James into shooting 11 for 46 when he was guarding him. Wow. Hadn't heard that statistic, and uh, I'm not surprised. He, you know, he can spin it a lot of different ways, but I think, you know, you just need to step back and look big picture that, you know, the series changed when Iguodala started, and the reason he started was to slow down, not stop, but just simply slow down LeBron, and clearly he did that. Your statistics you know, obviously verify that. And, uh, but you know, you already knew it from the eye test that, you know, he just simply, uh, he was having a major impact on the series, the most major impact you could have, which was simply 
bringing LeBron back to earth a little bit and stopping him from totally, you know, dominating the series, which is what he was doing after, you know, in games two and three. Yeah, every basket he, <clears throat> when Iguodala was guarding him, was very, very difficult for LeBron. So he had to give maximum effort. And I mean, he he, he was their, uh, you know, lead bull in that game. LeBron James. I mean, he's going to carry that team. And if you can get him tired out, worn out, and and uh, having to be on the bench a little bit, and you did your job. I mean, Iguodala, he was spectacular defensively and offensively. He did all t- all sorts of things, as you mentioned, you know, three pointers, dunks. So he, he was great, and I, I don't have any issue with him receiving the MVP. Yeah, me either, me either. And I even think, you know, just uh, you know, as a last thought, that you know, it was just nice to see. I mean, the guy's been an All Star. You know, he's been an All Defensive Team. Had a real nice career in Philadelphia, and. Uh, you know, hung in there, and most importantly, uh, you know, by all accounts, set the tone for the team back in uh, before the season started when Steve Kerr asked him to, uh, you know, to go to the bench. And for the first time in his career, he was not a starter, and, you know, he could have handled that in so many different ways, but instead he handled it the most graceful way possible, which was to sacrifice for the team. And that... Again, according to all the accounts from the aftermath of winning the other night, uh, is what set the tone for the entire team for the entire year. And and what a year they had, right? I think one of the great years in NBA history, for sure. Oh, oh yeah, they, they were fantastic. It was, what is it, 80, 83 victories or something, third best or something yep. all time? I mean, and then, John, here's another thing I was just thinking about, and Probably somebody had brought it up, but as an Arizona connection, there's Steve Kerr and Iguodala and then Luke Walton, all Arizona guys. Yes, exactly. And uh, and Steve Kerr, I mean, you know, uh, what a year for him, too. I mean, you know, he took a really good team and made them a great team. And, you know, Clay Thompson didn't even have a good series, you know, the other half of the Splash, series, Splash Brothers. And, uh, and yeah, I mean, he just, you know, brought them in for a landing, you know, he, and he's, you know, after this, you have to just list him among the great winners in sports, five NBA titles with, with the Bulls and the uh, Spurs. <laughs> yeah. And it's just a very likable guy. I mean, I like him. He, he just, I, I think, is an extremely likable guy. Good interview, uh, you know. Just everything about him. He has a total perspective on life, John. You know, people are probably familiar with his background, and his dad was a diplomat and murdered. And so the seriousness of life touched him at an early age. So, yes. you know, basketball and competing, thats that those are mild issues compared to the, the, the serious nature of the things he's experienced in his past. Yes, if I'm not mistaken, his father was literally assassinated in Beirut when he was a teenager, correct? Right, I believe that's what it is, John. Yeah, I mean, that, that, you know, what, what can get, nothing will give you perspective more than that, so you're right. Uh, wise beyond his years, and he's, you know, seen it all and has really, you know, turned into, uh, you know, someone special, to say the least. 
yeah, he's a cool customer. Nothing seems to phase him, obviously. He has a good rapport with the players. He has a good rapport, of course, with the media coming from that side. And yeah, he was well a respected, right. You know, he's a well-respected former player himself. Correct, and I, I didn't even mention, yes, he was an excellent announcer. And again, great former player. I think they showed a shot he made to win a game, uh, you know, for the Bulls against, I believe, the Cavaliers, like a you know buzzer beater in the playoffs uh, back in the Michael Jordan era. So yeah, he, again, you know, what's not to like about the Golden State Warriors? That's all I can say. And you know, unless we get too wrapped up in Cleveland going so long without a title, let's not forget that you know the Warriors' last title was. 1975 and Rick Barry. So, you know, they had a 40-year drought themselves, and they defined the word irrelevant. They really did for so many years. And I guess their fans their fans really stuck by them, which I didn't realize until just the last couple of years. Yeah, it's a great story to see how the, the fan base in the Bay Area came you know, has been supporting that team through the years. And now all the dividends that have paid off with this season and they can celebrate. I, I, I think I saw a story where they sold more more gear than any team of all time or something once they won the championship or something like that. Oh, wow. I, had, I did not know that. Uh, you know, for me, like my Warriors moment was actually not even this team as much as four, five, six, seven years ago. They were in the playoffs. I think that was when they had maybe Baron Davis and uh, they were playing the Mavs and the Mavs were, you know, excellent team with Dirk. And I tuned into a game from Golden State and the place was going crazy. It was like the best NBA crowd I had seen in ages. And they ended up winning that series, pulling a huge upset, I believe, in five games to beat the Mavericks in a true shocker. And that was like my wake-up call to the Golden State Warriors and, you know, the team transformed, took a few years after that, but I, I think that, that that series laid the foundation for what this team and organization has become, uh, you know, in 2015. Yes, and you're right. They, they've been building towards this championship. It just didn't happen overnight. They, they've been getting closer each year, and, you know, then they made the switch with Steve Kerr replacing Mark Jackson and they caught a little magic this year with the coach and the Slash brothers and um, you know Andre Iguodala. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, they made all the right moves, uh, to say the least. Harrison Barnes, fun to watch. I mean, every every one of them, just you know, fun to watch. I mean, Andrew Bogut, who was a force at certain points throughout the playoffs, basically didn't play at all the last three games because of right. Iguodala coming in. I mean, pretty you know. Serious coaching moves by Kerr and, and risks and gambles, and you have to respect that when it works. Yeah, I mean, he's not afraid. You you like to have somebody in authority that's willing to, you know, make chances and, I mean, take chances and, and take calculated risks. And, you know, they proceed as if this is the right move. I mean, that they go into it with confidence. There's no shying away from the decision, and they'll live with it. And that's what, that's a person like Steve Kerr. Exactly, exactly. Well, again, uh, you know, kind of sad to see the playoffs end, but in the same light, thank goodness we have a little golf to, uh, you know, get us through the weekend and the, uh, shall we say, the grieving process. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, 
And by the time it's all over here with golf, we'll be into summer, really genuine summer. So uh, up here in Boston after the winter we had, uh, can't come soon enough, that's for sure. Yeah, I can imagine, John, you're looking forward to every drop of sunshine. Exactly right, AP. You, you, You said it perfectly, as always. So why do we take our final break? Still a couple more things to cover in the world of sports. Um, We'll do that right after this break. flagship station for sports voice america sports now you can take your favorite voice america radio program with you anywhere sign up for our mobile app if you have an iphone android or blackberry the voice america interactive radio player powered by aircast gives you the freedom to listen to any of our programs anywhere live and on demand No registration is required. Listen to your favorite Voice America hosts and discover new ones. Download the Voice America mobile app for iPhone, Android, or BlackBerry. Powered by Aircast. Visit the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Check your feelings at the door and enter the Man Cave. Don't let the name fool you because we're here for anybody that wants to talk and listen in. Host J.D. Harris and Ray Austin are here to lead the forum from the fans, former players, owners, execs, and coaches. While inside the man cave, you do whatever you like. We won't judge. We'll even go beyond sports to talk technology, current events, and entertainment. Tune in every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. What's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter? You can find us at Voice America TRN. You're listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1 888 346 9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or by sending an email to IIR at Comcast.net. Now, back to the show. Voice America listeners, welcome back to the fourth and final segment of All Around Sports. I'm your host, John Inglesby. And back on the line with us is our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham of Bama Magazine. And before we get started, my pick of the weekend for appointment viewing is obviously the U.S. Open out in Washington, a little primetime golf live here on the East Coast for the next four nights, going until 11 o'clock, maybe even midnight. So it's going to be awesome and uh, from a beautiful course to boot. And AP, uh, as always, there's some things going on in the world of college sports, which you and I both love to talk about. And right off the bat, University of Central Florida Athletic Director Scott Todd Stansberry came out yesterday that he is leaving UCF to take the same post at Oregon State University. You and I met Todd at the American Athletic Conference Football Media Day uh, a couple years ago. Just had a great, great conversation. Well, just this past August, a little less than a year ago. And, uh, you know, met him and George O'Leary, the coach, and 
you know, had some great conversation and, uh, yeah, interesting news. He's an impressive guy. So I'm not surprised to see him, uh, you know, land at a place like that. Yeah, no, he, he's a, a good administrator, has a good personality, which you need to promote the program and solicit funds for capital improvements. And, and I think uh, Todd had been at Oregon State uh, through the years, but he did a great job at Central Florida, and I think they're getting a, a good director of athletics, and he's a Canadian, so he's he's been up in that territory, and he'll do a fine job. I have no doubts he'll do a fine job. He also played at Georgia Tech. And, uh, yeah, so good for him. And uh, another story that came out, LSU, uh, apparently Les Miles suspended four of their players uh, today for what sounds like uh, yeah, a pretty ugly situation all in all, from what I can tell. Yeah, John, uh, one player had 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 some previous history of getting in trouble and John uh, you have to excuse me I can't pronounce his last name but a defensive tackle and uh, you know he was accused of robbing a guy in the parking lot of a nightclub after he kind of laid him out and he you know punched a woman and so that that's a nasty situation and so he was arrested and that's not like I say not the first time he's been in trouble uh, with the law so that that was a separate incident. Then you had three LSU players uh, were, were involved in the same incident. They were um, arrested for burglary, and uh, supposedly they were trying to recover some things that they had been thought had been stolen. So they were went to this dwelling and kind of terrorized the place. And so that's not good for the program. And when one of your one of the players in trouble is your quarterback, that's really on the downside for LSU. Exactly, and uh, bad 24 hours for LSU, if I'm not mistaken, because they lost in the College World Series last night to TCU, so I think they're out, so uh, not a good day, as it were, for LSU. No, they they seem to want to do everything in bunches. Exactly, exactly, and lastly, uh, sounds like there's some interesting, unique news out of the team that you cover, Alabama. Yeah, John, they have an upcoming game at the Jerry Jones Stadium in Arlington, Texas. They're playing Wisconsin this year. You know, they'll receive $4 million uh, for, from uh, ESPN, actually, for that. And then the next year, they'll play USC, uh, Southern California, to open the season. They'll receive $6.5 million. But one of the things in the contract is they must negotiate exclusively with the Cowboys uh, Stadium for a game in 2019 or 2020. Wow. I've never heard of an arrangement quite like that. No, ever. and one other thing about that, John, it said that Alabama will receive a minimum, a minimum of a million more dollars than their opponent for the 2019 or 20 game. That is really something. Uh, again, that is like, a scenario that I've never uh, even heard, but uh, that could really signal a bit of a sea change with, uh, you know, teams going out and maybe starting to cut their own deals in college. You're starting to see more and more of this, like, f- stuff on the fringe. Uh, are, are you seeing it that way as well? Yes, yes. I mean, a lot of the venues across the country, John, they're actually upgrading 
so they can partake in these neutral side games. Orlando, you know, started with some neutral side games. Houston has the game. Jacksonville is, you know, renovated their stadium. Of course, Atlanta's building a new stadium. Arlington's always, you know, been in the game the last bunch of years. Uh, so you could see some more venues saying, well, gee, we need to be a part of this neutral side game and, you know, national TV games, and it brings a lot of money to our city. But let's see if we can venture out and lure some of these teams from across the country who have not played in our city to come come play and and uh, bring some excitement. Right. You might want to add Dublin, Ireland to that list, uh, as we all know. <laughs> yeah. No, they've had a couple games recently, and it just came out just a few weeks ago. I got the email from BC, actually, that uh, right. BC is going to play, I believe, Georgia Tech. Uh, September 2016, so a little right. over a year away, um, and it, you know Dublin seems to suddenly becoming a bit of a yearly stop. We of course saw. Speaking of Central Florida, as we were earlier in the segment, uh, Penn State played Central Florida in Dublin this past Labor Day weekend, and uh, and again BC's playing. Uh, you know, a little over a year from now on Labor Day weekend 2016. Yeah, it's interesting to hear these hear a place like Dublin. I mean, you know that Notre Dame had played Navy over there a few times, right. I believe. Exactly. And, yep. But now it's not. I mean, it's not Notre Dame. It's just other teams going over there who have an interest. Uh, in, you know, George O'Leary, of course, with with uh, Central Florida, he he went over there, and so it fit his personality, of course. And absolutely. And so it's you know it's it's fun. It's really fun, uh, you know, to say the least. I mean, to me, the ultimate game. That you know, I'd love to see. Frankly, just about every year it would be uh, you know Notre Dame, BC, and Dublin. Uh, the, if ever uh, there was a perfect matchup, uh, that's the one. And speaking of which, let, as we close here, the Notre Dame BC game in November up here at Fenway Park, which is a Notre Dame home game, stunning. Meaning you could. <laughs> you, you know, you can, it's a five-minute subway ride from BC to Fenway Park. Uh, <laughs> tickets are already at an all-time high AP. They're they're like over the best price I've heard is four hundred and and rising quickly. I mean, this is off the charts. What's oh happening God. with this ticket? Yeah, John, that'd be I'd be fabulous to attend that game, cover that game. That'd be a lot of fun. Yes. Uh, again, you, you know, we. Boston's a pro sports town. You don't see a lot of this kind of thing around college sports, but this is uh, this ticket price is off the charts. What's happening? I was talking to somebody about it this week, and uh, they really explained it to me. And it's just, uh, yeah, I mean, it's June, so we haven't even really gotten to, into you know what we'll call the hype stage or the imminent stage. Uh, the sky's the limit on where this ticket's going to go. I'll tell you. Yeah, yeah, that's that's great for the city of Boston. I'm glad they're able to entice Notre Dame to come there and, and, and play at Fenway Park. I mean, that's a great thing when you're older and you tell your grandkids, I played at Fenway Park, I played a football game there. Exactly, and what's important here, again, I'll repeat it, Notre Dame is the home team. So they are <laughs> driving the ticket sales. So they, they basically control most of the tickets, but yet it's in Boston against Boston College. Right. So the desire from the Boston residents, if you will, fans, is, again, off the charts. It's the perfect storm. Yeah, you couldn't have set up a, a more uh, perfect game than, than Boston College and Notre Dame playing at Fenway Park. 
Yep. It's going to be fun. And uh, now I'm getting excited for college football. So <laughs> we better stop the show before we want to talk for another hour on this stuff once we get going. But <laughs> AP, as always, thank you for your perspective and uh, interesting, unique stories as you provide every week. And uh, appreciate you calling in, as always. Oh, John, it's my pleasure. Look forward to it. Thank you very much. Wonderful. Thank you. And Thank you all for listening to All Around Sports, and we look forward to doing it again next Friday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time. Thanks again for tuning in to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Be sure to tune in again next Friday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Have a terrific weekend, and we'll talk sports again next week.